the Educated Ignorance Podcast here on the FFSQC Podcast Network. We're back. Blake's back. Basketball is back. The Lakers are whack. The Suns are the Suns are jacked. The Celtics are left at the altar, potentially. We're going to talk about it. Duke is back. Kentucky is whack. We're going to talk some fun stuff from the game room. Final Four preview, some NBA stuff. You know what time it is. Let's get rolling, people. Podcast here from the game room where game is discussed. We got a lot of game to discuss here. Blake is back in the building. Blake, how you doing, buddy? Uh, just another day, another day in the office. You know, this is the office technically. <laughs> exactly. All right, we got a lot to discuss. Let's first let's jump right into it. Uh, it's it's blue season here in America. Final Four is upon us. And it is nothing but Blue Bloods, CBS execs, Seth Davis or Poppin' Chubbs all over America on Sunday when when uh, St. Peter's got drubbed and Miami blew the bag in the second half. Blake, we are we're recording this uh, early evening on Tuesday. We are four days away from you being the most stressed out human in the history of time as your boys are taking on UNC. It's per- perfect for all the wrong reasons. How are you feeling? Being back in the Final Four, first since 2015. Does it feel good? How it must feel. It must be. You have the all the emotions, right? Nah, it feels good because all year, all I ever heard was it's Duke. They're not gonna do it. They're not gonna do it. It's Coach Hayes' final year. They're not gonna do it. Oh, they're not as good as we thought. Oh, maybe they are. Okay, no, they're not as good as we thought. Oh. Maybe they are. The ACC sucks. Paolo's not good. The, the ACC, ACC also sucks. had three teams in the Elite Eight. Paolo's overrated. Mark Williams isn't an NBA player. Wendell Moore, not that good. Jimmy Roach sucks. Yeah, you, you, you said that. Care. You said that. All year I've heard it, and we're back. And uh, Don't let this motherfucker act like he's a Jeremy Roach fan. I'm not. I really don't. I really hate him. But we are uh, – we're back in the Final Four, um, as expected, to uh, – Look at my bracket in the tiny tens. I have Duke winning it all. So you uh, do, you did. I did not I did. know that. Yeah, I just noticed that my final four like survived to the second weekend, and then the Sweet Sixteen took an absolute axe to everyone. So I was like, whatever, that's fine. It's it 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 sucks that it has to be against North Carolina because you know me, and I've said it all year long. UNC wins the big games, but. That's not as true as you would think, I get uh, though. Let's break that down, because I wanted to talk about like some cool Duke UNC moments over our lifetime and our friendship. And this is look as much as you can trash it being blue bloods, whatever. Um, I would have obviously, if you just break down the weekend, I would have rather have seen Houston win. I thought they were the better team against Villanova. I also picked Miami to beat Kansas. That looked really good. And then in the second half, Miami decided to not play. That was mind-boggling. It was 47-15 to 15 in the second half. That was the worst 20 minutes of basketball I've St. seen anybody play this year. We knew St. Peter's luck was going to run out eventually. It took, it took three games for a team to finally realize that you just got to pressure their guards. And look. It's good, it's good on St. Peter's that we knew that the UNC game was going to be an absolute horrific matchup for them. I thought the Purdue game would, but Purdue was absolutely not locked in, which is bananas. We're going to get to that whole St. Peter's thing in a minute, but I, you know, be what it is for the Blue Bloods and whatnot. I think these two games this weekend are going to be pretty good, all things considered, for multitude of different reasons. We're obviously going to we're going to start here with the Duke UNC thing because that's the biggest. The fact that they've never played in the tournament before is nuts, and the fact that they are in the Final Four is pretty cool. It it sucks to an extent because we talked about this. There's so many better teams and better versions of this game in a season that should have been in the tournament. The biggest glaring one, they were on uh, opposite sides, so they could have met in the title game. 
I thought they were the two best teams in college basketball that year outside of Virginia, the year that Virginia won the title. Zion's team with him, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, obviously, and then Carolina with Kobe White, Cam Johnson, Nasir Little off the bench, Luke May as a senior that year. Those two teams were loaded. They played in the ACC championship game after Duke lost twice to him in the regular season. The first time they played was when Zion blew his shoe out. Zion didn't play the rest of the year. Then he came back for the AC tournament. The game that he played in where they played in the tournament was nuts. It was mm -hmm. batshit. Yeah. I thought they were the two best teams in the country outside of Virginia because Duke overmatched Virginia. And then who knows with the Carolina-Virginia game, Carolina had a team that could beat them. Who knows? But I thought that that should have been the, that should have been the title game that year. And they both got bounced in the second weekend, North Carolina to Auburn in the Sweet 16, Duke to Michigan State in the Elite Eight. There's other good teams, good matchups. I think that you think of loaded squads that should have possibly met in the tournament. You think of the Austin Rivers-Duke team that ended up bowing out uh, in the first round to Lehigh. They were pretty good. And that UNC team made the Sweet 16, obviously put on different brackets. Those were some good squads. Um, and then obviously another team that played another matchup that happened in the NCAA or the Elite Eight or no, excuse me, in the uh, ACC tournament uh, semifinals when Jason Tatum was at Duke, they were a five seed. They went what they won four games in four nights to win the ACC. The first team never do it. And they played North Carolina in the semis. That was the Jason Tatum team that was against the North Carolina team that had just lost to Villanova in the national title game. And then they came back to win the national title in 2017 with Joel Berry and Justin Jackson and Kennedy Meeks uh, and that loaded roster, uh, Theo Pinson as well. So I say all that to say this is an odd version of it because you have two very thin rosters and two different styles of rosters in North Carolina all season until they beat Duke at Cameron on the we're, last night of the regular season. Very not good. They weren't in the tournament when they you won were literally there. Talking about how they probably won't get in if they beat Duke. Yeah, like and they beat Duke, and it was like okay, like I guess. And then when they played, they lost in the semis of the ACC tournament to Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech but they were hot, and Virginia Tech was hot. They got into the final four, or they got into the tournament by winning the ACC. And Duke is a team that had been so inconsistent all year, it was like, do we really expect them to put six games together? Now, with the way North Carolina's playing, they're on a bender, so it's like, what are they really? But they're playing really, really well. And they've, outside of the UCLA game, they've rolled everybody. They beat Marquette by almost 40. They were up 25 on Baylor before Manic got tossed on a horrible flagrant. The UCLA game was a classic, probably the best game of the tournament. That, the Duke-Texas Tech game, probably the two, I would say, two of the best uh, so far. There's some other games. We'll, we'll get into that when we break down the whole tournament. And Duke, uh, and then obviously against St. Peter's, North Carolina rolled them. Duke survived a couple mismatch, like matchup disadvantages against Michigan State and Texas Tech. They overwhelmed Arkansas because Arkansas's offense was putrid against them in the second half, and they pulled away. And now we're here, and in the Final Four, we talk about Duke being so inconsistent all season. Blake, it's now to a point where we're going to be – I know you talk about they don't win the big one and whatnot. We're at a point now, Blake, where we're going to be – I'm going to be shocked if they don't aren't the last team standing. I think they're the heavy favorites going into the Final Four. So out of all of I say, what say you? They are the heavy favorites, as they should be. I think they have the most talent on the roster, most NBA-level talent at least, mm -hmm. right out of the team standing right now. I think they have the best player in the tournament. I think they've had the best player on their team all year long. Um, I just... I just it's hard for me to think that they're gonna win because it's North Carolina and they always in my opinion, they always win the big games. Like the Coach K final regular season game, they won. I mean, they like you said, the year was Zion, they swept us. Granted Zion didn't play, but it's just they never they never seem to amaze me on when they especially like right now, North Carolina, they always get hot at the right times and right now they're probably the hottest team in the country. 
I mean, Brady Manick shooting like 48% from the three-point line and has averaged like 27 in the tournament. He has been incredible. Amon Baycott has averaged 15 and 17 the whole tournament. Caleb Love is having the best six-game stretch of his college career. He's torching. Uh, He was good in the last two games. R.J. Davis was fantastic in the the first two games of the tournament. He was great against Marquette. He lit Baylor up uh, in round two. And then Caleb Love had the game of his Caleb Love had the game of his life against UCLA, so you're right. And with this matchup, I want to look at UNC first, and it's it's mind boggling that they're here. And we're going to talk about like teams that disappointed. I think we're here in the tournament in in a bit when we break down the whole tournament, the tournament as a whole. I think for them. They've just been fantastic. I mean, UCLA kind of fumbled the bag a little bit late with some with some game mismanagement. But the way they were able to close that game, the way they've been able to just roll and have this offensive outburst in these games, and in the St. Peter's matchup, look, would they have had that success if they would have ran into a team like Purdue who could have thrown multiple bigs at them and would have had a, a, an advantage at the guard position with Jaden Ivey. He would have been the best guard on the floor, and then obviously the best player on the floor, uh, him and then probably Manic then Baycott. But, so yeah, they get there, and at that point, you obviously, St. Peter's was playing great, and they were able to put teams in the blender when it came to matchups and stuff, but, but UNC obviously had them extremely overmatched mm-hmm. with their pressure and how they were able to just physically outmatch them inside. And they were locked in more than Purdue was. And St. Peter's inability inability offensively in the first half really is what gave that a huge lead. And then from there it was over. So for Carolina, them getting here is shocking. I didn't think that this was possible. I do admit that I, right before the the game against Baylor, I almost texted my guy saying, man, I do not like this Carolina team, but I have a feeling that they could beat Baylor. So I was kind of on it. I was mad at myself that I didn't pull that trigger before the game. But good on them. And now they're here knowing that they can beat Duke. And it would be, though, one of the more improbable titles in a while. Right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think of, I mean, man. None of these in recent memory you can think would be as kind of outlandish as this. Granted, obvious, not even the fact that it's an eight seed, but just a team that I didn't even have in the tournament until literally the second to last day of the regular season. And then they make the tournament due to winning. I think they they locked themselves in at least in that range when they won at Duke. To go from that to winning it all, if they get to that point, I think would be pretty crazy. Yeah. My thing, again, North Carolina, they're a well-balanced team. They just – They're just not deep. They're they are not deep, and they got hot at the right time. I don't see them shooting 40% from three against Duke that they've done all tournament long. I don't think Brady Manick is going to have 27 points. It's a mismatch with Paulo. Paulo's taller. Paulo's faster. Stronger. Um, I think evenly matched up with Bacot and Mark Williams. Mark Williams is a better defender, but offensively and defensively, I think they do the same thing. They're just big guys that get rebounds and cause havoc in the middle. But UNC being here, again, to me is shocked, but I think they just got hot the right time. You know, with Caleb Bluff, you know, he was very mediocre all year long until he got to the tournament. Brady Manick was. He was, good. He, yeah, was, he, he was good. he was good, but he wasn't shooting forty-seven percent. He wasn't three, this. not averaging twenty-seven. I think it's going to catch up with them. I'm, I think it will probably catch up with them in the title game if they beat Duke, which I have them doing, even though I'm a Duke fan and I hate saying it. But I do, I do think. Now you're just trying to do the reverse jinx bullshit. No, no, I'm not no, no, no. I've said how long have I said <laughs> I know. this? I've said this for like the last you, week. That is like what you're worried about. Yeah, because it's almost too picture perfect that Carolina is the team that sends Duke home. Sends Duke that home. sends Coach K. To the retirement But home. it's also like that's the team that Cage Co- Coach K beats to get to his final national championship. Wouldn't it, it be wild, though, that his if his final two losses ever are his final home game to UNC and in the tournament to UNC in the Final Four? Wouldn't that be crazy? That'd be batshit, right? 
Like that would just be. When I'm not even trying to like say called what big games. I'm just trying to say like wouldn't that just isn't that just nuts? Yeah, it like would be. it would be like if it'd be like if Brady's final game was the his final play was the pick six against the Titans when he was in the with, in New England before he signed with Tampa. Like if that was his last play, it's like what the fuck. Yeah, but he obviously went to Tampa, and now we're here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, I want to go through like the last what twelve years now of national champs. Usually, we get like an off team in the final four, but they never win it. So, like for Carolina to win the title, you can say yeah, blue blood or whatnot, but it would be it would be drastically wild if they pulled it off. You think of twenty ten, Duke beat Butler. Butler got to the Final Four, but then lost to Duke, who rightfully deserved it. They were the best, the best team probably in the sport all season. Shire, Singler, and Nolan Smith, that team was great. And they had some depth. They were really big, guarded well. 2011, the Kemba, U- the Kemba UConn run, four, uh, five games and five nights at the Big East Tournament, then winning the, tur- the, the NCAA Tournament as a three seed going all the way. That year had two crazy teams in the Final Four with Butler and VCU. Butler obviously getting the title game and then losing to UConn. 2012 was the Anthony Davis-Kentucky season, so obviously that year there were no crazy teams, like outlandish teams in the Final Four. 2006, George Mason. George Mason, but then losing in the semis. Usually the semis is where these teams kind of falter. Outside of the two Butler years, uh, 2013, who won 2013 would have been Wichita State. 2013 had Wichita State in the Final Four, but then again lost in the semis, and then Louisville beat Michigan. 2014 was UConn, UConn, which that is it. That's the one. Also, Kentucky was a lower seed than them. It was a seven versus an eight for the title. Mm -hmm. That would be the one where it's like, okay, we have jumped the shark on like, how on earth did this become the final, the title game? So outside of that, because in 2015 was a loaded Final Four with three one seeds with yeah. you guys with Jaleel. That Wisconsin team with Frank Kaminsky and the undefeated at the time Kentucky team before they lost to Wisconsin. And then Duke beat Wisconsin to win the title. You have 2016, which was Syracuse. They were a 10 seed. And then 2018, Loyola. Yeah, so 20, the 10 seed Syracuse, outlandish, but then lost to Carolina in the, title, in the Final Four. And then probably the... I would say still the best, the best NCAA tournament game other than up until last year's Final Four game with Baylor, or excuse me, with UCLA Gonzaga, that 2016 title game, Villanova, North Carolina. Even last year with UCLA, they were an 11. 11 seed. So them getting there again, outlandish, but what again? It seems like the the theme here is it always kind of ends in, like them getting past this game is a bit shocking. Loyola got there against Michigan in 18 and lost. 2017, South Carolina got to the Final Four as a seven. They clipped uh, two-seeded Duke. That was Jason Tatum's year. They clipped them, then ended up beating Baylor. And then Wisconsin in the uh, – or excuse me, then, then Florida, excuse me, in the Final Four – or in the Elite Eight before losing to Gonzaga in the Final Four. In 2019 with the Loyola thing, they got the – as an 11 seed, they got to the Final Four and then lost to Michigan – before they lost to Nova in the title game. You have all of these these teams. It always seems like, outside of the UConn-Kentucky year, the, these this is where the buck stops. And then, obviously, Butler. This is where the buck, buck – tra- the, the buck – the tra- – you know, this is where we hit the, the wall. Hitter, yeah. So, you f- that's where I feel like, you know, it would be so nuts if North Carolina did get over the hump and then got to the title game. Let's – go ahead. I agree. I, I think it's crazy, um, and I, I still think Duke – I think uh, – we both think that Duke is the heavy favorite. I think we both think that – I think we both know that they're the best team left in the tournament. Um, it will be. It'll definitely be a very good game, very close. Um, it will be fun, entertaining, but we'll see the outcome. How good <sighs> – who's – I'm going to start with this. Who solidified their stock more over the last three weeks? Paulo. Two it's weeks. Paulo as a solidified, like, all right, he checks more boxes. Mark Williams or 
in your eyes, in your fandom, on Blake's totem pole, Jeremy Roach? <laughs> I don't think necessarily Jeremy Roach because I think he's I think he's going to declare for the draft after the tournament. It's, it's, it's all he the happens. Jeremy Roach thing isn't even an NBA thing. It was literally a joke. I think I think I, Paulo has solidified himself as a top two pick. He should be. I think he should go one. I think he's one of the two best players. And I think drafted. Mark Williams is easily should be a top twenty, top fifteen. Pick. He's a top twenty guy. Easily, and I think he's, he's so good. He's, I think he's moved throughout the year. He's moved up the most, for sure. Yeah, because, because last year, everyone was like, "Paul is top five. Everyone was like, "Mark's, you know, uh, he's going to get drafted mm-hmm. at some point." But I think throughout the whole year, he he has good post moves. I mean, he's not a guy that you're just going to throw it to in the post and let him do work. He's a lob threat. He's probably the best defender in the country. The biggest thing is defense. He's not like he's not. Granted, he's obviously freakishly athletic, so he's he's able to be an elite help defense rim protector. But he's a guy that, like, if you throw the ball to him against, he can, if the, he's guarding the post. He reminds me, like I told you earlier, he reminds me a lot of Rudy Gobert. I think he's better offensively skilled wise because I don't think Rudy has ever been really good offensively. He's much more. He'll you can he can but be defensive, a guy that, but defensively, I think they're very very similar. Obviously, Rudy Gobert's you know deep plus. Defensive player of the year in the NBA, which I think Mark has a chance of being like an all defense all type defensive, center. Yeah, easily. But throughout the year, it's it's definitely Mark Williams, and it's not close. I've fallen stock wise. I've fallen in love with him this year. I thought coming into the season, he was just kind of a guy. I mean, and then all of a also, sudden, well, because he didn't play any time, he didn't play any games last year besides the very last game of the year, and he had nineteen and twenty and four blocks. Yeah, he didn't play much until the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And this year, I initially thought it was just, you know how I am. It's like just because you get blocks doesn't make you a good defender. It's the Chet Holmgren thing. You can be a a good help defender and just be really good instincts and be able to have – be bigger than everybody else and block shots, even though Chet's not bigger. But you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. He's longer. He could sit on a chair and and scratch the ceiling. Yeah. But with Mark, he's athletic. He's quick. He's big, so he's not going to get bullied, mm-hmm. especially in the post. And I'm not even comparing him to Chet. I'm just saying, as a he defender, runs the floor very. He runs fast. the floor. I think in the NBA, like at the beginning, so at the beginning of the year, I thought it was just like, oh, he's just like a help defender who comes get blocks. No, he can play like that. I think eventually, especially in the league, he's over the last few weeks, he's been winning me over more and more with his offensive game. Not that he's a guy like you said that you're just going to throw in the post and say, hey, go work out. Or a but guy if he gets can, an offensive or, rebound, he yeah. can do a few moves to get yeah. you a hook shot. You know, yeah, he, uh, can, he can crash the glass. He's not. He's not going to be a, like a. I don't think he'll ever really be like a pick and pop threat. He could be like a little short. I think he can be a short roll threat. Yeah, absolutely. From like fifteen feet and in to where he. I don't know about playmaking, but he can be a guy that you can catch and then kind of lay it up from there. So I feel. I feel like there's some stuff to where he can really develop into a guy that can be a starting NBA center. Is he a top ten center? I don't know. But I think he can be a starting a starting five in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. the The one thing that does worry me, he as long as he doesn't get injured, he reminds me a lot of Nerlens Noel coming out of Kentucky that year. You know, he wasn't very a big offensive threat, but he was really good at defense. Was an exceptional rebounder, and he got you 15 points a night off of dunks and. He's and much he's a, better he's a, on that end, though, a, than Nerlens even was. Look how good of a free throw shooter he is. Yeah, he shoots like 80 percent from the line. Yeah, he's tough at the stripe. With with Duke, I, look, I mentioned the Jeremy Roach thing because I just wanted you to. I say. I will say Jeremy Roach is the key to the win. I, I I wanted I just wanted you to say like he hit the three to put you guys up against Michigan he, State. He has in the final he, four minutes <laughs> against Texas. So against Texas Tech, you guys go eight for eight from the field to, in the final seven minutes. There was about a three minute stretch where they said, "Fuck it, we are not letting anybody else beat us." And it is Jeremy Roach on an island against the best defensive team in college basketball, and like three straight trips, he's winning possessions. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that was the that's game. That's what he's done all tournament. All tournament, we've we've faced the number one defensive team in the country with Texas Tech. Texas Tech, and then we faced like the number. Who else did we face? It was Arkansas, uh, in the Arkansas Elite and Arkansas was like number five or six or something mm-hmm. in the country. And we've done exceptionally well. And Jeremy Roach has done a lot to win me over. I don't hate Jeremy Roach anymore. Um, he's I, been great. I, he's been great. I think he's the key f- for Saturday. I think if he can have another really good game, 
like he has been all tournament, I think we have a chance of winning. Um, but he's definitely won me over a lot more than I originally thought. Can we defund real quick this theory about Duke being this great defense with this zone that they've been playing in the last few games? No, I I, told I will give you the I'll give you the Michigan State and the Texas Tech game, and it wasn't because of the zone; it's the back that they went man. We'll get to that in a second. It's this a, it's zone thing, thing is, is that, and it's mainly Seth Davis. But God, it's he's just saying, Duke Coach K in his career only used the zone four percent of the time, and now it's why they are going to the final four. No, they're going to the final four because Paolo has jumped to an elite status. Jeremy Roach has been sensational at the point guard position in the tournament, and in a certain a couple games they have been great defensively. But this zone thing, it's so frustrating. Because for five minutes of the, in the, because for fifteen minutes in the second half, Texas Tech didn't know how to run a zone offense, and Arkansas again, another team didn't know how to run a zone offense, and played and took horrible shot after horrible shot in the second half against Duke, and everyone's like, "Oh, this zone, hey, it's want, fantastic." You want to know? You want to know why they didn't know how to run a zone offense? Because they, Duke doesn't ever run a zone defense. I'm it's, not. I'm not saying that's the reason they're here. It's just so but annoying. It's, but it's different looks that teams aren't expecting from them. I mean, obviously, North Carolina is going to study tape. They're, they're not going to be able to do zone. that against against UNC because and they, they have will too get, many shooters. They will get but, floored because you have you can have put Manic in the middle. You can put Baycott in the middle. And I I've read articles. It's not even Coach K that wants to do the zone. He told them that he doesn't want to. It's the players that asked to do the zone, and he listened to them. And it's done nothing but help. It's done nothing but work. I'm not. That's not the reason they're here. I, the reason they're here is they're just offensively better than the other teams. But it's it helps giving teams different looks than just oh we know they're going to play man. I will say this, and this is the point. And they and make. I will say that their defense has picked up drastically yeah. in the tournament. North Carolina shredded them in the Virginia Tech game. Like Virginia Duke Tech just, just wanted Duke it just more. Got, Duke just got hot and Duke, Duke yeah, and Duke just kind of didn't give a shit. Yeah, which sucks because it's like this is big, you know. Wouldn't have done much for them on the seating and stuff. I think they still would have been a two regardless. Yep. Um, but when it comes to defense, the last five minutes of the Michigan State game and the last about two and a half minutes of the Texas Tech game, they picked- they went man and they said no more bullshit. There's a play in the – I know it's Joey Hauser, but there's a play in the Michigan State game where you guys are up three – like a minute and a half to go, and he, he, and he's trying to drive on Palo, and Palo is moving his feet, and I'm like, oh, that's the number one pick in the draft. I'm like, fucking yes, every, where is that every possession? The, the, I, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't care to know I why. Shit myself when that happened. But in the last five minutes of games, they are. They know how to turn it up. A they notch. know how to turn it up a notch. And they've done it all year. They've done it all year long. It's just it. The problem is, is it doesn't look good for the first eighteen first. <laughs> You're like, why can't first, we do this for the first thirty-five, 35 for the first thirty-five minutes? You know, but hey, defense wins championships, and if they can defend really well, they should be able to win. No problem. Because they're not going to be playing again. They're not. I haven't gotten breaks like layups in these tournaments. They played. They you got to get like they have played two games. Teams that they didn't really match up well with. They've they've beat all Michigan the teams State, that I thought I was scared for them to play. The Michigans, I thought they were going to get Davidson. I picked Davidson to beat them in round two because I thought again that would have just been because of how good Davidson was on offense. They got Michigan State, and the style Michigan State plays is kind of how Duke doesn't play well. And that five minutes, they they nutted up and they balled. The Texas Tech game, it's like this is the worst matchup you can get. Now, granted, when they beat Texas Tech, I was like, all right, because I thought if they would have played Gonzaga again, they would have beat them. And then when they played Arkansas, I was like, yeah, they'll beat them. I think there's an avenue for Arkansas to win. I really like J.D. Note. I like Jalen Williams. I just, outside of that, they just don't have the guys. Now, granted, Arkansas just landed some recruits. I don't know if you saw this, but holy smoke. I, I told you, they're recruiting. They're number they just, two in the country. They I just, yeah, yeah, they just landed a guy they're gonna be, they're yesterday. Gonna be, they're going to be tough. Uh, they're behind Duke. Yep. They say they're number two in the country. I saw that they're right behind Duke now for this recruiting class, uh, which is nuts. Good on, good on Coach Muss, man, the Muss bus. But uh, I just felt like they met. Like, it was still a meh matchup because of how athletic it, they are. And size-wise, I think at the wing and guard position, they could handle Duke. 
but compared to Texas Tech and especially Michigan State, but especially Texas Tech, it was like matchups. I really yeah. favor Texas Tech. So to win that, it was like, all right, you guys can pull that off. Even though Texas Tech and Michigan State are offensively inept at times, those are impressive-ass wins, yep. so it's not been a layup. I think that these are going to be games in the Final Four. If whoever they play in the title game, it's going to be interesting matchups because there can there's some scheme stuff that can be brought in. But I do agree they're the favorite. Let's talk. Let's go to the other side, real quick before we talk some NBA stuff. I believe it's a weird. It's really weird. You look at this Kansas team. And I read something today that was interesting. You look at this Kansas team and they're here and they're good. And I know at the time I said like, yeah, I think they're Final Four worthy. They have definitely gotten an interesting stretch to get here. They should have lost to Creighton. You think, in fact, Creighton had two guys hurt. Their best, pl- they're two of their top four players, and one of them being their best player, Ryan Emhard. They should have lost that game. They haven't really done anything to impress me all tournament long. They've gotten, I, I won't say lucky. They've just, it's been an adventure. They've had the, f- they've had a favorable road. Very favorable. They have a- I thought that was the bracket and that was going to get nuked because. It was just the most unimpressive. And I think Nova is the better team, but they just lost more with an ACL tear. A- Achilles. Achilles, and that, that's huge. That is a huge loss. I'm not saying what I've been saying about the Nova thing to bash Nova. I think they're good. They haven't. They've been. They've been a team for me that's been kind of in the second tier. The, of teams I will say this the year. two teams on that side that are there. I did not expect to be here at all. No, I thought it was going to be once we got. To the Sweet 16, I thought it was going to be Houston. Houston and Miami. Houston for sure, I thought. Look, I did. When we got to the Sweet 16, I did pick Miami to beat Kansas because I felt they'd beat Iowa State, and then I just thought they'd overwhelm. They, they'd been playing so well. I was like, I think they can beat Kansas. Kansas doesn't impress me. But they they were up six at half and then literally got shelled in the second half. Yep. I still have no idea how it's, that it's happened. It's not even like the Kansas played good defense. It was just they just Miami started playing horrific they offense. They just literally couldn't yeah, couldn't do anything offensively. So when it comes to this, I thought Houston was better than Nova in that Elite Eight game. Houston shot one for twenty from three. Uh I thought that that in the lead eight, obviously, we talk about Miami with Kansas, but Kansas here. Listen, with Kansas, I guess in a sense, I'm glad they're here. If you don't remember in 2020, before the, the COVID shutdown, they would probably have been the number one overall seed going into the tournament. That team was really good with Frank Mason and uh, Devon Dotson. Perry Ellis. He was not on that was the, team. He, no, he, that was that, the year. Uh, Udoka, Udoka, Buki, uh, Udoka Azabuki, Isaiah yeah. Moss. That team was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I thought the four best teams in college basketball that year were them, Baylor, Florida State, and then Dayton with Obi Toppin. I thought those were the four best teams in college basketball. That would have been like my, all right, these are the four teams that they're in separate brackets. I'm not going to have them losing until they play each other. You know what I mean? So it sucked for Kansas because it was like that was their best team they've had in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And then obviously with the, the season ends with COVID, last year they were just they just weren't very good in games that mattered, and then they got to the second round and USC boat raced them. This year's team has been solid. Ochai Abaji has taken a next step, but until the second half against Miami, he has not been good Done in the tournament. at all. Nope. Um, I like Christian Brown. Christian Brown I think he's an good. NBA. He can be like a bench NBA guy. Outside of that, they don't have stuff that's been great. Remy Martin has been Joel Berry esque good in this tournament. It makes no sense, but here we are. And now I would have to favor Kansas against Nova because of the Justin Moore thing. Just because Nova doesn't have that many offensive weapons, Colin Gillespie might be the second best player in the Final Four considering Ochai Abaji has been pretty bad. So I guess I would say Gillespie, I would say probably, if, if I'm being real, I would say he's the fourth best player in the Final Four behind Paolo, Mark Williams, Ocha, and Ochai Abaji. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Gillespie's great. The thing in that matchup, though, is I just don't know if it's without more, I don't know if they're going to have the offensive stuff. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that game goes. I think it could be a very, very good game, though. Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think they're both going to be really good games. Um, I 
I expect Kansas to win. I think losing more for Villanova is going to be too big of a loss for them. I don't know if they can overcome that. Um, I think Abaji is going to be really good. I think Braun's going to be really good for them. Um, obviously, Remy Martin has been really good in the play, in the uh, tourney. He's been nuts in the He's tournament. He's been really good, really good. He's been their best player in the tournament. So I, I do expect I do expect them to win, um, but I expect also expect it to be a really good game. So I think Duke Kansas is where we go. What happen, What we get? You think it's going to be UNC Kansas? Kansas. You also think you're also on the reverse jinx train. Blake really thinks Duke is winning it all. <laughs> Do not believe him. <laughs> what? No. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. And that's okay. And that is okay. Um, <laughs> There you go. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's flip switch. Let's talk some NBA. Blake, you want to talk Suns or Celtics first? Don't care. No? I don't care about either. I mean, I don't care which one we talk about. Okay. I want to tell you how heartbroken I am. Why? Because I was about to start spreading the love of, guys, you need to start. Ta- I don't know what their odds are. They were plus three something, actually. I lied. I will not put any money on the Boston Celtics winning anything. Thank you. We were at the verge, Blake, where you should have. And then, no. the, and then the Robert Williams injury happened Sunday. And my heart's broken. Mine's not. Like, they've been the best team in the East for the last two months. I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And now listen. I don't know. The, what the, it's a meniscus, so it can be a multitude of things. Like They did say he he's could, only out a few weeks. He could come back quick. But it's like Lonzo. We expected him back. He could also not be done for the year. A month ago, so, yeah. You know, like, it's hit or miss. Now, granted, I think they can still be fine. Without him, the thing with him is losing him. I think it's going to hurt them. Their their defense it's, he's is such very an bad. Play I think it's going to it's going to hurt them a lot. He's such an important piece defensively. He can switch everything. He can play everywhere. Offensive side, you're not going to miss his punch. They have figured it out to where offensively everything clicks. I don't know what I it, I think. That the coach of the year should go to uh, Ime Adoka, the coach for the Celtics. Like, whatever they did to figure it out early January has been sensational. They've been the best team out in the East. They've been 1B in the NBA to the other team that we're mainly going to talk about, 1A in Phoenix for the last two and a half months. So I think the Williams thing can be okay. I think they can figure it out. But if, if he comes back... I just don't know if there's a team in the East that can beat him outside of Brooklyn or maybe Milwaukee. And that, that's what I want to kind of get into the main thing, other than obviously I'm heartbroken with Boston and that he's out. I hope he can come back because, man, they're really good. They are really, really good. And I hate seeing guys get hurt. Blake, I want to tell you this, and I haven't told you this until now. There's two teams I'm out on in the East until further notice, and you're going to be shocked. And it's the Miami Heat. And it's my boys, it's the Sixers. And I'm out. I'm out. I have to be. About time. You gonna ask why? I will ask I will ask why, but I feel like I know. Okay. Good. I want I want the seventy sixers first. Like I said, I think I know I I, I know why. It's on both it's the it's the same reason for both. Okay, cool. I cannot stand when teams are blatantly chucking games. For seeding purposes. We saw it a couple years ago in the West with the Clippers. Pre-bubble. Like they wanted to get on a certain side to avoid the Lakers. They did it again last year too. But They're all trying to avoid the Nets. But then all of a sudden. Granted the Clippers last year I hated. But they mid first round when they were down 2-0. They flipped the fuck it switch. And then they figured it out. Then... But the year before, obviously, they blew the 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. I think when you do shit like that, you are bound to get him to lose in the postseason and to, it to be in embarrassing fashion. I'll, there are three teams in the East now that I am in on. It is obviously Boston for reasons that we talked about. They've been so good. Like at the end, They're 21-4 and 
or something like that. Twenty eight, no, twenty eight and four since like January first or something like that. Like that's real. At the end of the day, that is real. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you are beating good teams. You are playing extremely good basketball. They figured the Tatum thing out. He is now one of the fifteen best players in the league. I people want to shit on him. Like there's other a lot of guys I'm putting him on top over. The Brown thing is figured out. Marcus Smart is playing the best basketball of his career. They have figured something out. I'm obviously in on the Nets. Caveat. There is a thing that I'm worried about where I think, obviously, if they play Boston in round one, which could very well happen, I will pick Boston. And the thing I'm worried about is defensively. They can't get stops. Ben Simmons isn't walking through that door. He's not going to play this year. If he does, that would be shocking. Like, if we looked at odds, I would say if we had legit odds on him playing, I would put his odds at, like, plus 40,000 for him coming back. He's got a herniated disc. My biggest thing is I don't think they have the wings to win four playoff rounds and three playoff rounds and get to the finals. Kyrie and KD back, that's a game changer. My biggest issue for them is they are going to potentially play Boston right now because Boston does not give a fuck. They're not scared of anybody. The other team that I've been on in the East is obviously Milwaukee. A, because they also do not give a fuck. B, because when you have the best player in the world, in my opinion, you obvious, I'm going to be in on you. And C, they won it before, so nothing is going to phase them. Like it used to, you know? Mm-hmm. Like last year, you get rattled when you lose that game against Brooklyn the way they did, and then it kind of, they found a way to rally and win game six. And then the OT, the game in OT in game seven in Brooklyn, it was like their rallying moment going down 0-2 in the finals. They've been through everything, so there's nothing that they're going to do in the postseason. There's no situation where I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, they're done. I'm going to feel like they can get out of it. Outside of being like down 0-3, there's no situation where the Bucks are going to be in there. I'm going to be like, yeah, they can't get out of it. Yeah. So those are the three teams I'm in on in the East. I, I, I just can't. When, it, when The Sixers and the Heat are just – I don't know what the fuck's going on with the Heat, the whole Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolster fiasco. That was crazy. The Sixers thing, like when you're punting on games, Blake, because you don't want to play a team in the postseason, you're going to have to play them eventually. Like what is this? Why does it matter when? Like, if you're dodging smoke, it's because you feel like you're not good enough to beat them in a seven-game series. I'm out on those two teams until they prove me otherwise. Am I going to still want the Sixers to do well because I love Embiid? Yeah, I will. But let me say this. If they're the three and, like, the Raptors are the six, uh, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because you know who also doesn't give a fuck? The The Raptors. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just where I'm at right now, man. And the Nets thing, look, you, I'll let comment on the, 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 the me being out on the Sixers heat. What are your, what, did you think that's what I was going to get at? Did you think that was my reasoning? It probably wasn't. No, no, that actually was not my reasoning. What did you think my reasoning that was? They have zero depth. The Heat are deep as shit. The, no, I was talking about the, the Sixers. Sixers. They do not the have depth. That's my problem with the Nets, though, too. I mean, Dragic and Mills are depth. They don't have wing depth. If LaMarcus Aldridge comes back, you know, Drummond's probably going to be off the bench or LaMarcus will be off the bench. Well, isn't the problem with the Nets been if 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 some butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas? If all three guys played together, if Kyrie finally gets the mandate hey, released, if they get this. That's true. If, hey. Bill, if Ben Simmons I, comes back. I still think Kyrie and Katie can carry you to a championship. Me too. I do too. I'm and just saying. Drummond's not a scrub. No, Drummond's great. I just think great for them, obviously. Is he mm-hmm. this great player? I don't think so, but he's a good player. He's ob- you, you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do feel, though, that there is a ceiling with them pending on matchups. And watching them, like, seeing Brook, seeing Memphis just ab- now granted, granted Memphis is loaded I think they're the second best team in the I think they're the third best team in the league right now I would put them behind Phoenix and then Boston I would say they were my third high on my title hierarchy t- list at the moment I believe uh actually I I lied they might be fourth on my title hi- hierarchy list we'll talk about this when we go to the west here in a second you're going to think I'm a crazy person um but for the great, like, 
without Jaw, they boat raced, not boat raced, but they really they scored at will against the Nets. Like I'm just worried about the Nets defensively. There's a lot of stuff with them there. It's like, and then the Hornets the other night shredded them. Yep. Like there's certain stuff they just can't cover. That's what I'm worried about. You know. No, I. Those look. are the things I'm worried about. Now listen. They're not going to be scared of anybody. When you have two guys that good on offense, and obviously Durant, one of the best players of all time. Again, I think you think of the two best players in the world, the Tim and Giannis. They are above everyone right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like, it's them, then other people. But I'm just worried for the Nets that they were probably going to have to play the Celtics in round one. Now, with Williams out, that makes things a little interesting because that's one less guy you have to guard somebody, etc. But that is a matchup where, God, that first-round matchup would be electric. But that's one where if I had to go, I would would say I would pick Boston to beat them. But if they got out of that, it's like, all right, there's not many teams. There's there's no one else in the East outside of, like, Milwaukee I would trust to beat them. You know? I agree. That's my point with the Nets. Uh, I understand everybody's nervousness about the Nets, but, like, I don't think people realize that if the, I know you're going to hit me with the if this, if that. Are you talking about the Ben Simmons thing? No, no, no. I'm talking about last year. Look at what they did last year with Kevin Durant. Just Kevin Durant. Yeah. He, but he dropped 50 on the Bucks. I know they lost, but, if like. A, if AD didn't now, get hurt against the Suns, would they have beat the Suns? Would the Lakers have beat I, the Suns? I don't think so. If. If like I'm just, if I'm, Kawhi no, and Paul George, no, 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 no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying the they would have won. The I'm not saying they would have won. That's what I'm saying. No, you know? I'm not. I'm not. Like, I no. I'm just saying. That's why I don't like I, that. I, no, I'm just saying that's what they did with just Kevin Durant. Now imagine them with Kyrie. No, I know. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not talking about last year. I don't give okay. a fuck about last year. I'm saying get, now. Okay. Look at how much the Bucks. I wouldn't say struggled, but look at how much they had to deal with just Kevin Durant, and how hard it was for them to deal just him. Mm-hmm. And now adding Kyrie to that, it's pretty much the same team. They're just adding Kyrie. And I think Drummond's a upgrade from Blake Griffin. Yes, they are better inside. So what I'm saying I'm is that... I'm worried, though, that they're going to be worse defensively, granted, because you lose some wings. Like, you lose, like, a Jeff Green on that team who... Yeah, Jeff Green was a big loss. Who was... Now, granted, you obviously have the offensive firepower where you can throw... They have some very interesting like lineup mm-hmm. combinations where you can run this quick, streaky, athletic lineup where you can like try to run a closing lineup of like Seth, Kyrie, Patty Mills, KD, and like Nick Claxton. The problem though is you are getting scored on every trip down the floor. Yeah, that's the issue. They don't have guy. Now listen, if they if Ben Simmons was in the lineup, if with the Nets, that's the thing. Yeah. They are the what if Nets. But if Ben Simmons was in the lineup, I would say, yeah, especially with Kyrie's the the ma- van oh, yeah. the vaccine mandate whatever gone, you know you are getting him every night. Then yes, I would be all in on on this team. The problem, though, is without Ben Simmons, it's it's a struggle. I I, I agree. I generally they 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 generally can't defend. But I, their best defender is Bruce Brown, which I think he's great, a great player. He's a, he's good for them. I think if not that he couldn't be good I on think, other teams, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. I I think if they had Ben Simmons, it would put them over the top. But even without Ben, I think with as much as much as team struggled last year playing them with with a one legged James Harden and a Kevin Durant, I trust Kevin Durant. He can literally go out there. He's a walking 50 piece. Of, if he wanted to score 50 points, he could score 50 points. We all know that. If he wants to score 30, he's going to score 30 points. Do you- I think I think him being able to not have that much pressure on him. Kyrie, again, he can go get you 50 points if he really wanted to go get you 50 points. He's been nuts. And he's been insane. I think it's going to be so, different, though, for him now. And I think Kyrie's going to have a lot of that. On a lot of stuff on his shoulders, like oh, you know, you haven't played because you wouldn't get vaccined. You missed the playoffs last year because you were hurt. Like we don't so think he's going to have the chip. He's going to have the chip on his shoulder, and I think Kyrie with the chip on his shoulder. Good lord, I do believe it's going to be a bit of an adjustment though for him to get back to playing every night. It's one thing to be now. It is spectacular that he can just take that he could just take like a week off and then come and drop sixty. But it's going to be different playing once a, from playing once a week 
to, all right, you're back in the grind. you got to play every other night. Now this team actually has to find out consistent lineups because the problem for them is they're going to be thrown into the fire right when they get into the postseason because them losing to the Hornets the other night, they're now the nine seed because the Hornets are tied with them. You know what I mean? So, like, you are playing an every night game. Like, here's the thing. If they're the nine seed. Every game for them here on out matters. Here's the thing. If they're the nine, they're playing. Granted, it's a home game. They are playing the Hawks, who have Trey Young, who's a motherfucker, who doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And you lose that game, you're done. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. And then you got to win that. And then you would have to win another game against either. Probably at this point, it's going to be Cleveland because they have basically the plubonic plague. Everyone that matters outside of Darius Garland and Evan Mobley are getting hurt. And it is so depressing because I was in love with them. And now yeah. it's like, what the fuck? But you, the Nets are the team you'd want in that situation, though, right? I know because it's like we have more better players in a one game scenario. I'm just saying, like, it's it is scary. No, because it it's is. like yeah. you are now in a situation, Blake, where you're playing playoff basketball, and every you don't. It'd be different if they were like a three seed and you had a cup, not a cupcake, but you get what I mean. Like if you were a two a, a two or a three seed and you were able to get around to get everything acclimated against an opponent that you just overmatched, that's different. You know what I mean? I will say then, uh, every game when we get into the postseason is holy shit. We are playing for our lives, and we got to figure out. What rotations and what players we can play when minutes are are the most important? The good news is is that their last six games are all easily winnable. They're all under five hundred. I don't think I like that though. They're all the Hawks, Pacers. I'm glad they play Knicks. the Hawks because and the Knicks too. Like the Knicks, it's an outside they, shot, but the neck the Knicks are they've won four in a row. There's a chance they can they still play get the, in. They play the Rockets, Cavs, and then the they play they play the Bucks next, then the Hawks, Rockets, Knicks, Cavs, and Pacers. Here's the thing, though: I don't want them to be playing easy games. We need to find out. No, them but like, like, yeah, no. But I'm glad they play the Hawks. I'm glad they play the Knicks because those are teams trying to fight for their playoff yeah. lives. You need to see them playing teams that are still giving a shit. Well, I'm saying it's good is that those are games that are easily winnable, and you're still trying to integrate Kyrie into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying it's good for them and that they're all easy. Because if they win out, they can easily move up to the four, five seed. They're only four games back of the Bulls. That's how close they are to Chicago? Mm-hmm. I don't think that – I think them jumping that high would be far-fetched. Yeah, no, I don't – Because there's only – at the end of the game, there are, there is only – Seven they they are three games back of the Cavs and four games back of the Raptors. I'm just, I'm just, I could see the, I could see the Bulls losing the next four. They are playing not good. I could see the Cavs losing the next four, and I can see the Raptors losing the next four. I'm, I'm just saying they are easily winnable to where they could easily move up. You know, right now, right now they're an eight seed. Was this what you might have been laughing at earlier? That's exactly what I was laughing at. That is hilarious. Holy fuck! Oh, good lord, Luke is going nuts. Uh. I'm glad we talked about that. So let's swing to the Suns real quick. Like, are we overlooking? Are we just? Are we not valuing the Phoenix Suns enough? No, they're my favorite. Okay, we're on this now, right? They're my favorite to win it all. Yes, because historically, you think of. Oops, I was listening to the historically pod. teams that do this well never win it all. No, no, I, I no. Mean, that's the opposite. Teams this well, it's like a lock for them to get to the finals. The Rockets. They're like the the Rockets the are the outlier. The Warriors made the finals. The Rockets That's are fair. They the did. Rockets won sixty five games a couple years ago. The Rockets are the only team like ever to win sixty five games and not make the finals, uh, they, they or just, like something like yeah. that. You know, so like teams that you get into like the twenty best records in the history of the league, almost all of them have either made the finals, have at least made the finals outside of like three or four. Uh, whether it be, I think like there was a 70s team in the Celtics that didn't get in because of injuries, stuff like that. There's some other teams that it just didn't work out. The uh, Kawhi, like the year the 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 uh, the year that the Warriors went 73 and nine, the um, what was it? The Spur or no, not the Spurs, not that season. 
the it was the year after the year they had KD. The Warriors won, I think, like sixty-seven games, and the Spurs won like sixty-five, sixty-six, yep. and they didn't make the finals because obviously they ran into the KD Warriors, and Kawhi got hurt in the semifinals. So that's one of the random teams that like had a very high-level record and didn't get in. So you think of all of these teams that have these records and and all that and stuff like. I think we're just not taking them like you can get them for even odds to win the West. That's a valid like that's nuts. And for the for the Suns, they're playing so well and we have to we it's official they have the best backcourt in the league, right? Steph's been sp- up and down, still all NBA level, but Clay's been sporadic since he came back. Well, he was also off for two years. I know, so you I know, but like, but that was the hallmark best backcourt in the league until yeah, now. No, yeah, yeah, I it's think... Booker and Chris Paul, and it's not close. Yeah, it's. It, I would say it's Booker and Chris Paul, and I also don't think it's too close. Um, the only other really team that I could think of, a lot of people sleep on them, is <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this, D'Angelo Russell and uh, Anthony Edwards. I think they're up there. They're not gonna they're, They have been. Oh, they are fucking good. They are good. They are scary. They're gonna be a scary seven. I can tell you right now, they're a scary seven seed. Them and uh, them and Memphis will be fun. It'll be fun. Two teams that haven't been in there. I think Memphis will overmatch them because they are a fucking powerhouse. Yeah. God, they're good. Yeah, they are really good. Um, but yeah, out really outside of that, I would. I mean, the only other. Do I'd put in the top five that I could name off the top of my head would be Lonzo and Zach, but Lonzo hasn't played all year long. Yeah, like so, Lonzo, Zach, and Demar. But they haven't. Again, they haven't played all year long, so I it's tough putting them in there. Um, I mean, Marcus and Brown. I don't know, Smart and Brown maybe, but easily, easily they're the easily they're the best in the league. There's there's a there's a world you can live in where you could say like Drew and Chris if you play say Chris is a two. Mm-hmm. But but you know Shay and Josh Giddy, you know <laughs> future <laughs> Kate Cunningham and Jade Nivey in five years and yeah uh yeah. but look man I'm all with the Suns right now and what they've been doing uh their crunch time numbers are so stupid I want to look at the West the West jo- sea jockeying is going to be nuts here for the next few weeks for the last couple weeks of the season there's a lot of different things that can be be kind of up for grabs. I want the Mavs and the Suns to be on opposite ends of the bracket so we can see them in the conference finals. That's where I'm at. The Mavs so, are so I would good. I would love for them to get to the three. They're, because Blake the Warriors are falling are, off. Are the Mavs are are the Mavs the ultimate one piece away team? Can I give you my hot take? Yes. I don't think they need it. Dude, they're Blake, they're my long shot to win the NBA title this year. Like, they're so good, and they should not be. <laughs> no, I'm saying that it works. It, it works, but like if you just look, if you look at their roster, mm-hmm. there I could I could probably name eighteen rosters that are better than the roster. It just it just works so well, and it should it it's just. That's it. Just it shouldn't, but it works. It is so the well. 2022 version because you know. Obviously, we talk about this a lot. Basketball has never been this fluctuated with talent. There has nope. never been this many good players, Blake, in the NBA ever. So this is the 2022 version where a lot of the players in the NBA are pretty good, are pretty solid of the 2007 Cavs. Yeah. In 2007, that Cavs team obviously worked because LeBron was great. He, he cemented himself as the greatest player in the league, as the best player in the league in 2007. That team... Fit because it had guys that could work. This team fits because it has guys that can work. It has Dinwiddie and Brunson, who have been sensational. Dwight Powell has been great. Dorian Finney-Smith is has been really good. They have dudes that can work. Kleba, obviously, still. They've got pieces that can work and can play. Blake, I think that I think my order for teams right now and My Spencer, favorite the Spencer Dinwiddie trade, I was very 
it I was, will say, it I, was, I thought it was dumb. I thought the trade was stupid. Hey, you and me I both. was like, it makes no sense. They like, have Ugh. no big. They don't have anything. But bro, it Spencer, fucking it, it, works. It is. It was. It was probably the most. Un, it was probably one of the best trades. It was at the trade. Deadline. It was the best trade at the day. I, I think Spencer Dinwiddie ma- works way better. I I do still think that they could use a big guy. I think a a, a big guy would help them, but I mean. They David Bertans that getting him with Spencer didn't he? I think Bertans that was, has been Bertans has been solid when he's been playing. Yeah, you also have we talked about Kleber. You have Dwight Powell. We talked about him. Uh, Reggie Bullock has been a good bench yeah. guy for Jaylen them. Jalen Brunson has been Brunson's been fucking sensational. He you, has been you've sensational. You've been able to move him into your starting lineup with Luka because now that you have Dinwiddie, he There's, can come off the bench. It has come to a point, man, where there are not many five man units I like better in crunch time. Then I think Luka, I think their thing is, is Dinwiddie. That they defend so well, like because even Jason Kidd. Luca can't defend. Oh, let's let's be, let's just do this right now. Luca is not a good defender. We'll be realistic. He's and neither, below is, at, neither is Jalen Brunson. But, but you have Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finley Smith, Dwight Powell. Then you have Maxi Kleber. You have David Bertans. Josh, dude, Brunson's a solid defender for a guard. They're, I'm just, he's like five ten. No, I'm saying for his position, yeah, he yeah. has a good positional like, defender. He's really good, actually. They're so good defensively. And Luka stepped it up on that end. And Luka has stepped it up. Jason, like, the problem is people don't like Jason Kidd. They don't want to give him his flowers. Imagine Jason. if he was the... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, you're He should have been the Lakers coach. Frank Vogel, I think, is the furthest issue thing from the problem. No, no, no. no I, I'm just saying... it's The Lakers are what happens when you don't give that kind of coach the type of team he needs to be good. Yeah. Um... With the, when it comes to the Mavs, man, like, Kidd has been great. He's been one of the best coaches in the league this year. Um, I'm just saying, like, imagine, they, like... But I was going to say the five-man lineup. Like, they, there's a their closing lineup in games in crunch time with Luka, Dinwiddie, Brunson, and then Dorian, and then probably you can either have Kleba, Bertans, Powell, one of those guys out there. That's... A motherfucker of a lineup to stop, and they can bring it on the defensive end because if kids has flipped the defense, bro. A couple years ago, I remember when they like broke the the efficiency record for a single season in the league, and they were like the worst defensive team in the league. Now they are okay. They play. This is the reason that I think they can win it all. They are the perfect team that you can say they are quintessential. The type of team that wins those type of of playoff games. Absolutely. Remember the finals. All of those games were kind of low scoring, muck it up outside of game five when the Suns went nuts in the first quarter and then the Bucks went nuts in the second quarter and then from there both teams scored like the game. I think it was like 122 to 119 or something yep. like that. Outside of that, all of those games were what, Blake? In the high, high 90s, 90s to mid one, like yeah. between one, like mid hundreds. That's the type of game that Dallas plays they are okay with it. They have figured it out. Look, I think the Suns are the favorite to win the West. And if I'm, I'm still going to say right now, I think the Celtics are the best team in the East. I love Memphis, but dude, right now, like if you have to give me a team that can beat the Suns at all, it's Dallas. Yeah. Luka's sensational. Absolutely. And what they've been doing, they they are a problem yep. right I, now. I agree. And I I. I'm always that guy that I think they could use a solidified, you know, second star. Um, but man, they are really good. They're really good defensively. They're really good offensively. They do everything that you need them to do. They're so sound. They're smart with the ball, and they just—I mean, Luca's Luca, future MVP, top five player in the league. He is just—he. He is the perfect player for it. He is the perfect player that you have on a team that you don't really have a bunch of stars, but you have the one guy that does everything. I I full I wholeheartedly agree with you. All right, let's wrap this up um, quickly. Two sliding teams. We're just going to mention them briefly. The Nuggets have been kind of faltering a little bit. Still, no word on Jamal Murray coming back. I don't think he is. They said that. Uh, there's a report that said he still can't uh still can't really run. And then what about Michael Porter? Any word on him do you know as of late? 
while you're looking at that, the other team I was going to mention is the Bulls. Two teams sliding, two teams that we feel could win a series. I think especially if the Nuggets get the, the Warriors in round one, they are going to fuck the Warriors up because Jokic is on a mission. Um, let's quickly tab on those two teams. First, uh, are you looking up the Michael Porter thing? Any luck finding anything? Because I feel like that there's some stuff for them. It sucks that they're so hurt because, like, look, I think last year if, if Murray didn't blow his knee out, I thought they were the best team in the West. I would have picked I would have picked them. Going into the round one, I said Lakers at full strength versus Suns. I said whoever won that round one matchup I thought was going to win the West. Obviously, mainly the main reason for that being was because at the time where I thought the Nuggets were the best team in the West, Jamal got blew his knee out in, in early April, I believe it was. So, like, that was a huge, huge red flag for me with them. Um, Apparently, he's uh, – right now, he is still uh, – he's probably going to be out to – he's probably going to be out the rest of the year. Okay, so the, the Nuggets, where they're at, it sucks what they are, but they're still a team that can do some damage. And then the Bulls have just – it's been really, really weird with them. They were so good. Like, their 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 late-game stuff was so good up until the break. I can tell you right now, it's and very of, good tonight. As of late, it has uh, not been great. They're playing right now, aren't they? Tomorrow is 16 in the fourth. Uh, so, there you go. That's needed. But, but unfortunately, they're not going to catch the top four seeds, so they're, they're, they're going to be a five unless they fall back. Okay, if they're the five or the six, regardless, I think they're going to stay ahead of Cleveland. Yeah, I think they're going to probably be the five. Probably. I guess you're just at this point hoping they play Miami. Right? I'll take anyone. It don't matter. I guess you haven't been there for so long. Why the fuck not, right? Let's get the season done and over with, man. Give But you think they if, can if, still... If, if I... They're not they, going to... You don't think they're going to be a doormat, right? No. If I had to choose between the top four seeds, I would. I would want the Sixers. Oh, yeah, that's fair. They're the team that wants to dodge everyone the most. And then for the Nuggets, real quick, I really think that their their best hope is to draw Golden State in round one. Golden State is struggling. Especially with Steph out. And Wiseman's not coming back. They have no rim protection. I think this is a lost year for the Warriors. Yeah. I think we jumped on the plus ride way too quickly. But regardless, man, I can't wait. This right the home stretch. It's going to be a good we, we don't have to wait until May for the fucking playoffs to start. How's that mm-hmm. feel? <laughs> it does feel good. I do, I do like that. All right, buddy. Thanks as always. Yes, sir. We'll see you guys later. All right. That was Blake. Um, good, good show as always. Uh, follow us, FFSQC on Twitter. Follow me at Joe the Show QCSN and Joe the Show 365. Shouts to Blake as always. We're going to be back to the weekly stuff here. Um, just a little burnout with some stuff, man. But NBA playoffs, we'll probably we're gonna have multiple shows a week for the playoffs. Blake and I will do obviously some big seeding stuff probably next week. Actually, I think next week we'll probably I'm gonna try to have us come on on like Sunday night or something, or at the latest like next Tuesday to do kind of a a, a post game for the national title, especially if Duke's in it, um, to get the to get your to get the Blake reaction to get the Blake instant reaction um so yeah we're excited I'm excited and then I think next week we'll probably do some NBA awards stuff we'll do some all NBA I'm gonna try to get Blake to, to do some deep diving and give me a 15 man all NBA list we'll do some all we'll do some all rookie stuff and then we'll probably do some like NBA some like uh, so we'll do some MVP voting as well so that'll be the focus of next week's show until then, stay humble, stay safe, be careful, be safe. Thank you all. Uh, this has been the Educated Ignorance Podcast from the Game Room. Brought the game today. Blake brought the game today. And always remember, if you ain't got the game, you best pass the sticks. We'll see you the. We'll see you out. Enjoy the Final Four this weekend. Enjoy fun NBA playoffs. Enjoy WrestleMania. Shout-outs to wrestling. Enjoy everything, folks. We'll see you later. Peace.